Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K, as in bank. At Ethos Pels is the show on Twitter. Uh, we'd love for you to go and give us a follow and give us a uh, subscribe and all that sort of carry on that we do on this show. And um, yeah, if you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, like and uh, subscribe, give us that uh, five-star rating if you're that way inclined. And uh, yeah, if you've got a couple of minutes, that'd be fantastic to leave a little comment because we love seeing them. And uh, yeah, we appreciate all of the support as the show continues to grow. Apologies first and foremost for the delay in getting this show out uh, this week. I was, well, I suppose I was getting ready for my new job that I'm about to start, a bit of life update. Uh, and then we had my family around for a early Christmas uh, celebration, so that was fantastic all of yesterday. So uh, watched the Dallas game in the morning in between getting the house ready to have everyone around. So that was um, a little bit of uh, breaking the fourth wall, I get, but getting behind the um, behind the scenes. But uh, otherwise, we're going to talk about the two Dallas games and also a little bit of Zion news that we've, uh, we've seen pop up in the last couple of days. So let's kick it off. But, of course, before we do that, we're going to thank mybookie.ag. Use the code HOOPBALL when you sign up, and that'll give you a deposit match uh, up to 100%. Um, and, obviously, there's heaps of deals and stuff over there as well. So, you can go and, and have a look and, uh, yeah, do some gambling if you'd like. But, obviously, gamble responsibly and, uh, and look after yourselves. Don't chase your losses because it's not worth it. Just do what you can. Uh, and if you have a win, well... You're all the better for it. And manscape.com use the code hoopball20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at checkout. That'll give you 20% off and free shipping. The Lawnmower 4.0 is alive and well, so go and get yourself one of them and uh, and treat yourself this festive season. Um, it is always a good time uh, of year and, uh, yeah, everyone seems to be in a better mood for the most part, you know, Um but uh, I do like this time of year, and obviously, well, in uh, in Perth, we're in the Southern Hemisphere, so it's currently heading into summer, or it is the fifth day of summer now, and uh, yeah, it's nice and warm. It's getting hot, which is my preference in terms of weather, but anyway, all right, let's talk about what we came here for. Firstly, we'll do the Zion news. I did say, sort of rattle that off at the end, but... Zion Williamson cleared to recommence full training. That was uh, a couple of days ago that was announced. Um, three hours later, it was announced that he had uh, a sore foot and um, that he was going to continue to rehab it. And he's just pushed it back a little bit. Uh, there was no structural damage, nothing like that. It was purely that after having an injury, it pulled up a little bit sore and... Um, you know, he uh, he had to take it easy. He had to ease off a little bit. And that's not unexpected. I think anyone coming back from uh, injuries that are weight-bearing are going to take a little bit of time or a part of an explosive movement are going to take a little bit of time. You're going to get that soreness. And they're just going to monitor it. Uh, it's not going to be anything too serious. Uh, Will Guillory uh, from The Athletic put up a tweet uh, explaining. Uh, basically, he said it wasn't Zion re-injuring his foot. He experienced some soreness the morning after a workout. The team decided to slow down his ramp-up process to manage the soreness, and there's no plan as of now to get additional scans on the foot. So this is good news. There's no 
like red flags or anything other than obviously his foot's pulled up a bit sore. I don't expect it to be 100% healed um, and 100% pain-free immediately. I think as you ramp up, you're going to get that soreness, you're going to get that tiredness. I mean, as someone who's suffered injuries, uh, coming back from them is always a pain, and um, especially that first sort of ramp up, you want to go 100%, and, uh, and then you do, and it feels fine, and then it pulls up a little bit sore. So until we hear otherwise, we take it on face value. Uh, value what uh, Andrew Lopez and, and Will Guillory and the guys that are around the team all the time see and are told. So... You know, I take that all on, on face value and, and hopefully uh, Zion is on the mend. Does this push back our um, 10 December prediction? Yeah, well, I think it does. I don't I don't think he's going to be ready to go by then. Uh, it's probably another week on top of that. So maybe just before Christmas, uh, do I re-revise my prediction? Mm, let's have a look. I think it's going to be a home game. I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to um, bring him back doing that maybe he comes back on maybe against OKC on the 15th that's an extra five days perhaps I don't know maybe we'll see what happens that'll be a good team for him to come back against and hopefully uh, we can beat them but we'll see what happens we'll see what happens with that Um, there was footage of him today shooting some jumpers at um, training they had a whole training for the practice for the for the first time in a little while, that was an expected planned one because he's there back from Dallas and uh, he was getting some shots up after training and um, with, with Teaspoon and that's what you like to see. So, you know, he's, he's not like he's sitting around. He looks like he's um, starting to get his conditioning up a bit and he is hoping that uh, he's back and he's ready and rearing and no doubt you can see his attitude on the bench. He's loving it. Um, and now with a few wins under the belt and definitely back in uh, that playing spot hunt, touch wood he must be chomping at the bit to get back you have to be I, I think as a competitor you you must be I think the worst part of any uh, injury is having to watch your mates go out and, and play and regardless of uh, all the conjecture around oh attitude this attitude that whatever and you know I've been critical of it as well you have to believe that he wants to come out and play basketball surely as a competitor you have to and you know as a guy that's played this game his whole life He's really, really, really good at it. You want to be out there and you want to be performing. So, fingers crossed he gets out there soon and, and the team can keep winning in the interim and then he comes back and he gives us that boost that uh, really helps us fire up uh, towards the middle of the season. So, game reviews. Now, that's enough Zion talk. Um Game reviews, we, it was sort of a tale of two games. So the first game was against Dallas. That was in the Smoothie King Center, as we talked about on the previous show. It was coming up uh, Wednesday, the 1st of December it was. Kicked us off, and the Pelicans were utterly slaughtered by the Dallas Mavericks. 139 to 107. Uh, Luka Doncic had something like 22 and 12 by halftime. He went absolute ballistic. Uh, almost, well, he didn't almost triple-double. He had uh, 28, 4, and 14 uh, in 27 minutes. Paul Zingas had 20 and 10. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., 16. Jalen Brunson tore us apart. He had 17. They ended up shooting 71% from the field, uh, or just short of 68.7% field. <laughs> and, and when things are falling like that, 52% from, from three, what chance do you have? It means that they're getting in their rhythm early, and they did, uh, and then the shots 
just kept falling because everyone was in rhythm. And by letting teams get into it early and um, perhaps uh, not approaching the game as intensely as we had in previous games, and, and that comes down from tiredness and and um, you know various other factors, but I think they came out, Dallas took control of it early and never looked back. You know, they had 32 assists on the night, 18 three-pointers, um, even rebounds, they beat us. Turnovers, they had 18. So we forced 18, but we just didn't really um, execute and, and exploit that, which is which is disappointing. So it was all around, it was, it was just an average game, not great at all. We had Josh Hart out injured. Um, he did tweak his leg. Uh, in the previous game early on. And he played through that, but obviously pulled up a bit, bit sore. And uh, and so he was unfortunately not um, not available. So we had Garrett Temple starting. Brandon Ingram was fantastic. 29 points, two rebounds, three assists, 11 of 17 shooting, three of five from three, and he did everything that he could. He honestly, he was just a man possessed trying to get... That put the team on his back, he, and he was he was exceptional. The problem was, is there was no supporting cast in this one. When you had JV, who had come off a career high thirty nine points, he follows it up with six points and five rebounds, one of eight shooting, which is which is disappointing. You know, you, you hope that uh, momentum continues, but unfortunately, it didn't, and uh, we we ended up falling short. Got absolutely hosed. Um, turnovers weren't a big issue, but. Things like second chance points and and uh, were just an absolute killer. We got hammered, and and that was a night where we shot thirteen threes, which is pretty average for us. You know, we hit a, we hit about them uh, that many per game, but the assists were down. Twenty two assists on the night on forty made shots, uh, which is still over fifty percent. But it also means that there's a lot of isolation. There's a lot of uh, the ball sticking, and that's what we saw. It was guys trying to go one-on-one to break it down instead of moving the ball and, and looking for their teammates and unselfishness. And and by the time uh, we uh, we had a chance to drag it back, the game was over. There was by the time we started figuring it out, pardon me, but it was it, it was already too big of a hole. I mean, the first quarter they scored forty-one points to our twenty-three. Quarter two, uh, we we nearly matched them twenty-six to twenty-three. But then third quarter, we let the rope go a bit, 35 to 29 and 37 to 32 in the last quarter. So they controlled the whole game. Even when the bench came on, they were better than us. And um, yeah, Luca was just, he was lights out. He was unbelievable. And every time you thought you had a good possession, he would um, he would do something crazy. Like we tipped, there was one uh, instance where we tipped the ball, it rolled uh, towards the halfway line. He picked it up, turned around and shot it from, I don't know, two or three steps behind, th- uh, oh, in front of the uh, half court line and hit it. And you're sitting there going, well, what can you do as the shot clock expires? Uh, it's just one of those guys that is so special uh, that uh, unfortunately we just couldn't get it done. But... The saving grace of this is that there was response. So we have a day off. Friday the 3rd, we fly down to Dallas or drive down to Dallas, however they get there. 107 to 91, Pelicans beat them. And we threw the first punch. 
they got out to a little start, little, uh, a little bit of a run, but the defensive mentality was there. So we had the same starting lineup. Garrett Temple was in. He was on Luca, And Dallas only scored 19 points in that first quarter. After last game where we let them score 41, that made them uncomfortable. We only scored 14, though, which when you have the worst first quarter that you could ever have and nothing's going in... Um, to hold a team to 19 points when you know your shot's not falling, well, I think that's pretty impressive. And honestly, it was a much better game in terms of digging in. When you have your two worst first quarters, so we had the worst first quarter in this game and the worst one in terms of our scoring and against the Clippers. And in both those games, we came back to win by double digits. And isn't that impressive that if you your offense lapses in the first quarter, you somehow have a whole heap more time to drag it back. Unsurprisingly, there's a lot more time if you, you struggle in the start than if you struggle in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, which is what we've seen in some of our losses this year. Now, second quarter, we dig in. Offense starts clicking, get 30 points. Third quarter, we get 35 points and the defense digs in and they start going cold. 20 points for them in the quarter to our 35 and we blow it open. Third quarter, all of a sudden, it becomes ours. And they call that the premiership quarter for for the uh, for a reason because that's where you blow teams open. It's so much harder when you come out of a break and someone comes out and gives you a, a punch in the mouth for you to answer. So it was, it was interesting to see um, that we took control of the second half, 28 to 23 in the last quarter. And it stems off, for the most part, the assist number. 30 assists on 37 made shots. So only seven weren't directly attributed to a teammate setting their player up. And when you've got that unselfishness and that ability to create for others, good to great, we win. The games that we've won in recent times, we've had something like an average of 28 assists a game. And if you're going to do that, You make your teammates better, and then everyone's going. And then you don't get a game where it's just Brandon Ingram having to shoulder the load because he set other people up. And that's exactly what we saw in this. By halftime, he had 12 points and 12 assists. He ended, uh, I think it was on maybe three-quarter time. And uh, by the end of it, he had 24 points, eight rebounds, 12 assists, two steals, seven of 20. And we were away. Herb Jones, 13 points. Devontae Graham, 13 points. Valentunas, who was in um, in foul trouble for most of the night, 14 and 11. Garrett Temple, 5 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. He was great. Nikhil had 9 points, and some of those big shots came in the last quarter. He struggled for the most part, 4 of 11 shooting. But when we needed him to make a shot in the last quarter, every time they challenged, he hit those shots. Billy Hernan Gomez, uh, having to play 22 minutes, because JV was in foul trouble, 12 and 14, three assists and a block. He was huge. And when you get these guys involved and you make it easy for them, and, and there's a video on um, on Twitter that you can see of Najee Marshall uh, when we basically we put the bench on and uh, they'd surrendered. The 30th assist of the night was Najee with a little cheeky bounce pass to Billy who was rolling towards the bucket, big jam, and... You know, Najee could have gone and shot that. He doesn't get many minutes. But now he's going viral over in that video because he 
did a cheeky bounce pass and made it so much easier for his big man. And isn't that... Whereas if he had just shot the jump shot, it wouldn't have heard anything of it. So, to me, that unselfishness and that understanding that the guys need to make each other better is, is paramount. Honestly, I was so impressed with how they responded after such a bad first quarter that, you know, you've got to be proud of them. You can be nothing but proud of these guys. So, uh, great response. It drags us back up and actually it ruined my... Um, I was trying to hold out to see whether or not the odds would go up again of us making playing, but it drops. And now we're at $8.50 rather than $12.50. And I um, I must have got greedy. So, I didn't believe in the Pels enough to um, to put it at the twelve fifty mark. And... Um, now I'm eating my hat. So where does that put us in the standings? Basically, it's 13 now. It makes us 13th in the West. Uh, we are two and a half games behind uh, San Antonio, who have played like a heap less games. They've played 20, and we've played uh, 25 games. Sacramento's played 23 games, and we're currently three and a half games behind them, or four games behind them. So that takes us to 11th. And then Minnesota at 10th and Portland's at 9th. And they're on the same at 11 wins and 12 losses. And we are currently, what, six games behind them. So six games gets us into the play-in. That seems so in, uh, obtainable. And looking at these teams like that are currently in there, Denver, Lakers, Portland, Minnesota, all of them are gettable. Lakers, I don't care that they're loaded up. They are playing crap. They look bad. Denver is so injured. They have, have lost Michael Porter Jr. pretty much for the season. I think he's had back surgery. And while you've got Nikola Jokic, if you're missing those key supporting players or your second all-star or your, like Jamal Murray or, uh, or your up-and-coming promising player that you've got in, in Michael Porter Jr., well, it makes it tough because the next guys have to do stuff that they aren't um, normally required to do. And doesn't that sound familiar? Um, when, when, that, when you have stars out, that uh, it makes it tougher to win. I don't know. Go figure. But it, it, what it says to me is that the Pelicans are in the driver's seat because what you've got coming up, we have Houston tomorrow, and they're 6-16. Six and 16. They have won four straight. So it'd be good to break that streak. And that's got to come with intensity. We can't come out quiet against them because they're, they're hungry. They don't want to lose. We then follow it up. After the Houston game, we play Denver, who are injured, so hopefully we can get them. That's at home. And then we've got Detroit, and that was the one I predicted that Zion would come back for. I don't think that's going to happen now. They're bottom of the East. San Antonio, we know that we need to beat them. And then Oklahoma City. So in the next five games, I think we need to win at least four of them. I think the Denver one is the only one we shouldn't, we aren't guaranteed to win. Um, although we, we're not guaranteed to have a chance of winning. I think Denver's a very good side, and while they're injured, they've still got the MVP. Otherwise, we've hung with the best players in this, uh, in this competition. In this, uh, in this conference, the guys can hang with anyone, and that's without Zion Williamson. So let's see what happens. I think, I think we've got a chance. And uh, I'll be looking forward to watching the Houston game uh, tomorrow and, and then reporting on that. 7 and 18. You know, we were, we were all doom and gloom. We were 2 and 14 or whatever it was. And uh, it'll be all right. 
it'll all come together. So, what did I like? The key takeaways, before I wrap up, key takeaways of this game, so I'm getting ahead, I'm getting excited. And um, that's what happens when we win, I get up and about. So, what I like to see, Garrett Temple played on Luka Doncic and was great. He was really, really good, plus 13 on the nights, probably the best plus minus he's had the whole uh, the whole year, I guess. And that was for largely, largely keeping Luka out of the game and, and understanding um, what... Uh, what is required of him. And when it's next man up, he he is delivered in this situation, in this game. Uh, and that then takes the pressure off Herb. So Herb guarded him as well. And and you managed to keep Luka Doncic to 21, 10, and 7. You know, he nearly triple doubles, but he's 7 of 20 shooting. And he's whinging. And he got 7 of 9 free throws, which were literally... had 7 turnovers. And literally, he was whinging and crying and carrying on. He was getting touch fouls. You couldn't even go near him. And he was getting fouls. Um, if you're in the vicinity, he was shooting free throws. And it was just like the biggest cop-out. But anyway, if you didn't win, you'd be a much more likable player. But the guys did a great job. And Brandon Ingram, fantastic. Uh, this is second key takeaway is Brandon Ingram, 12 assists. And I think what highlights to me is that he realizes that he can't do this alone. And as the leader of the team, he's recognized that he needs to do this together. He needs all five guys. He needs all 10 guys in the rotation to do their part. And if it means that he gives his shot up to give his teammates uh, the opportunity to get going, all the better for it. 12 assists, I think it was a career high, uh, if my memory serves me right. And I'm just proud of Brandon for being able to recognize that he can get his, but he's got to get the other guys going as well. And all credit to him for doing that. Uh, big game for Billy Hernan Gomez. The bench brigade was great. Um, Everyone that played, that came off, off the bench, uh, was really good in the second half and, and contributed. And that's what we like to see because a team is the sum of its parts and you can't win just by having one good player. And you have a look at the, the Lakers at the moment. They've got no LeBron. And they've gone and put other guys in quotation marks that are good players, but they're not winning, not convincingly. And, you know, they're getting beaten by teams that other, other teams are beating, uh, copying the Clippers into this one. You know, they, they ended up beating the Lakers, and you're sitting there going, well, the Pelicans have got, you know, these quotation mark non-all-star guys, non-top-tier uh, players, and, and can beat them because they play as a team. And team is so important, and we cannot forget that this is a team. So I'm going to leave it at that. We've got Houston next game. I'm excited to see how they come out and play, and I hope that we're celebrating again uh, tomorrow after after they come out and whip their behinds. So fingers crossed. But anyway, this has been the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank. Give us a follow, share what you can, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.